Hello, friends. It is your girl, Chloe, better known as Clover Money Coach. And we are back with a quick tip episode. So today, first, the life update. I'm actually recording this before I head up to the Chicago area to spend the weekend with my boyfriend. Originally, I was going to bring Logan as well, but I'm going to have to leave from Chicago after a tattoo appointment one of the evenings. And I don't want to have to like drive back to his place before I head back down to my parents' hometown. So poor little lady Logan's got to stay here in the Germantown Hills, Peoria area. She walked in as I was saying that. So now she's getting butt rubs as well. But it sucks. I always hate leaving her. She's my dog, for those of you who don't know. And she's a little rescue. And we've spent the last three years together. So she's my longest long-term relationship and I love her very much. She is still very much getting used to Cash, the kitten, but Cash is like everybody's friend here in my parents' house. He is super chill. He's actually rubbing up against Logan right now and she's licking him. So yeah, I mean, things are going good with the animals. Oh, and there's Cash coming up right now. So <laughs> I love having a cat. Last night, Cash and I were snuggling. And I was just like, it's so cool that I have a cat now. He's so sweet. I get it. I get why people love cats now. Oh, he's sleeping on my desk. He's like, I'm just going to chill here for a little bit. You can barely see him because he's a, ba a black cat and the background's a little bit black. So, that's, yeah, <laughs> he's so cute. Anyway, yeah, I was driving this week in... Illinois and it snowed pretty significantly and on one of the days that I was getting up to go to CrossFit it had snowed a lot the roads were crap I drive a small little Prius C like the little hatchback Prius and so it slides relatively easy and I was almost to CrossFit and I got on a ramp and I started sliding and I slid right into the barrier wall like the wall of the ramp and when it happened I was like oh my god this is how I go and like I just got really calm and I was like this is completely and totally out of my control <laughs> I was like I just hope we don't hit the barrier wall very hard and luckily we didn't it was kind of like a little boop I like how I say we, like it's like you guys were there with me, but it was just me. <laughs> but holy crap, I'm so lucky that nobody was behind me. I'm so lucky that it was only a light tap into the barrier wall, so it didn't even damage my car. I'm so lucky it just wasn't worse. So we're dealing with that kind of weather right now in the Illinois area. I hate it. I honestly just can't wait to leave. <laughs> right now, the plan to move to San Diego in action for May. I'm really excited to get out there. I'm definitely nervous. I talked about that in the last quick tip episode. I am nervous, but I've decided that I'm actually going to go the short-term rental route first. So what I'm going to do is basically get like a furnished finder for three months and take Logan, take cash. They'll be out there with me. And then from there, I'll be able to start apartment hunting so that I don't have to like only go out there for a week in April and Hope that one week in April, I like it and I find a apartment. So 
that's the plan right now. But yeah, I thought this year was going to be a little chiller in terms of like moving around a lot, but it's turning out that it is going to be not so chill. I have travel plans almost every single month leading up to leaving for San Diego. And it's all fun stuff and I'm excited to be doing all of that travel, but it definitely is a lot. I don't like traveling more than like, which is so funny because like I went on a road trip last year around the country, but I don't really like traveling more than like once every two months, once a quarter, because you know how it is. I love my routine. I love being able to just like get into a routine where I have control over my day. I have control over my life (laughs) and I struggle with my attention span. Like when I am not in a routine, it's really hard for me to get things done. And then I feel overwhelmed and then I feel like I'm getting behind. So even though I really do love traveling, sometimes I get overwhelmed by it. So anyway, but yeah, I guess it's the majority of life updates. Literally after I record this, I'm going to hop in the shower, pack a bag and head up to see my boyfriend. So I need to get this thing moving. But anyway, this week I had a viral TikTok and when a TikTok goes viral, it's always a stressful thing. It's like an exciting thing because you get a bunch of new followers. Like I think I got 7,000 followers in a day. But it's also stressful because people can be really mean and take things out of context, call you a liar, call you a scammer. You could literally say that the sky is blue and people will argue with you and and call you names and threaten you. It's just wild. But anyway, the content of that TikTok was talking about just my journey with money, talking about how I didn't really grow up with a lot of money. My parents struggled. They lived paycheck to paycheck because they had five kids. They were living in the Midwest. My mom was a nurse. My dad worked at a Caterpillar here. And so it wasn't like we weren't struggling to keep the lights on, but we were always living paycheck to paycheck. And there was always this feeling of stress around money. So I was talking about that. And then I talked about how that impacted my own journey with my finances. And the biggest complaint that I got in the comments was, well, tell us how you did it. It's like, y'all, I'm, this is the video where I'm telling my story. I'll tell you how to how I did it in the thousands of other videos that I already have up there. But the one video that I'm telling my story, everybody's like, well, how did you do it? (laughs) So I want to talk about how I did it. So I want to, because these are quick episodes, I'm not going to go into every single tip, but I want to give you my top four or five, we'll see how long I go, four or five tips for how I got started. And it's not sexy, guys. It's not like an exciting thing, but let's talk about it. So the first thing that I did is I had to decide that I was tired of my own shit. That's huge. And I talk about that because it is huge. You have to get to the point where you're like, I cannot live like this anymore. I don't want to live like this anymore. I deserve better. Because if you do not have that motivation, that desire, then what's going to keep you from sliding back into your old habits? So you've got to have that like come to Jesus moment of, I'm in control of this. This is my responsibility. And until I decide to do better, no one's going to do it for me. That's huge. The second thing is you also, that's not enough. You also have to figure out why 
you want to get your money right in the first place. And shout out to our free guide at thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. We have a list of, I think, 10 or 15 journal prompts for you to go through to get to that why, to truly understand beyond just being able to pay the bills, beyond just being able to retire someday, beyond just being able to pay for the $5 eggs that are out at Aldi right now. What is your dream life? What do you really want to do? How would your life be different if you were financially free? That has got to be sexy to you. It's got to be like the North Star that keeps you going on this process. So that's step two. You got to get clear on your why. Now, step three is the step that everybody needs to do, but nobody wants to do. And it is tracking where your money goes. Everybody groans. Well, yep, I can hear the groans all the way from here. I know that tracking your money can be scary. I know that it can seem like this overwhelming big thing, but I promise you every single time I have done it with a client and I have coached thousands of people at this point, you will be shocked by how many people are like, wow, I had no idea that my money was going to this thing. I had no idea I was spending so much money on this thing. It's shocking what you think you know, but you actually do not. So I encourage everybody to do that, to take a look at where your money is going. Now, you can do that in one of two ways. You can print off your statements for the last three months and start going through, highlighting things, categorizing things, just to start adding it up and averaging it out to whatever it is on a monthly basis. That's going to give you like a better view of your finances. And that's something you could do literally today. You could step off of this. I don't know if you're stepping off of a podcast, you could turn off this podcast after rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And you could go print out your statements or look at your statements online. I just sometimes get tired of looking at a screen and start categorizing things and adding it up and seeing what am I actually spending on average over the last three months here? So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it, which is the way that I did it, is I took a little notebook because I'm an old granny and every single time I spent money, I wrote it down. Everything. I would write the date, the amount, and what it was for. And then at the end of two weeks, I went through and I started categorizing everything. And I only had to do it for two weeks to realize, holy crap, I spend so much money on stupid shit. I was spending money on drinking, on eating out, on being hung over, on just like extracurricular activities that I didn't even need to be doing or didn't even want to say yes to. So much money. And the reason that was powerful for me is that it was such a slap in the face of realizing that I say I value travel. I say I value my friends. I say I value X, Y, Z, but I'm spending all my money on drinking, eating out, and partying, essentially. And so that was kind of a huge wake-up call to be like, what I say my values are is not true. My money is saying I value these things. I want my money to say I actually value what I say I value. So that was a really big motivator because it felt like this moment of I get to decide how to live my life and resources. Money is just a resource to help us live the life we want or to get us further away from the life we want. And I decided let's just try. So that was, I think, step three. <laughs> Maybe step four. All right, the next step, I don't know now. We've lost count. Sorry about that. The next thing that I did is I got on a budget. Now, 
I had been trying the envelope method for years where you pull money out of your account, you divide it into envelopes based off of the category. Like you have an envelope for eating out, an envelope for gas, an envelope for rent, an envelope for all of those things. Well, probably your automated expenses you wouldn't put in envelopes, but anything that you could pay for in cash, you would put in cash. That way, there's a very clear stop on when you need to be done, when you have to finish, like when you're no longer spending on that category. I did that for like two freaking years and it never worked. I went over budget every single time. And you would think that within the two year time frame, I would have said at some point, hey, this isn't working. I need to try something else. But sure enough, I did not. But at this point in October 2018, when I was finally tracking my money, I was like, all right, I need to figure out another budget. And so I went to Google Sheets and I downloaded, I didn't even download, I just used the sheets. I went and I used their budgeting template and it is the same budgeting template that I use to this day. So it's easy. The reason I like it is because I was able to track every single dollar, which is called a zero-based budget. And it gave me the data I need to see, is my money going to the things that I really want it to go to? So I went over budget for like the first six months. I made mistakes for like the first six months. I still make mistakes. Now I don't budget in the same way, but I do still make mistakes. And it just helped me see money not as this uncontrollable thing that is ethereal and I don't know what to do with it and I can't control it. It made me realize, nah, I can. Money is just this tool and I get to tell it where to go instead of wondering where the heck it went. So that's what worked for me. I do recommend for a lot of people to start out with a zero-based budget. And then eventually you could probably lighten up and do something like an anti-budget where you're only focusing on how much you save and how much you invest each month. But a zero-based budget is really great because it's going to shift your mindset from thinking that money is out of your control to controlling every aspect of it. Now, it's not for everyone long-term, but maybe trying it for three months and seeing how it impacts your mental outlook on money could be huge. And I've seen it work. I've seen it work for many people. So that's the zero-based budget. I have tons of free resources on zero-based budgeting, values-based budgeting, the anti-budget. I've got it all in, you've guessed it, thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide in my free guide. So that's always in the show notes. The final thing I want to say is that I also really had to get good at saying no. When I first moved to Chicago, I was recovering from some trauma that caused me to seek out the comfort of other people at all costs. Like no matter what, if somebody asked me to do something, I was going to say yes, whether I wanted to do it or not, whether I had the money to do it or not. I just needed the comfort of other people. And because of that, I ended up making a lot of friends. <laughs> friends, I'm going to use air quotes. A lot of them were like acquaintances or party acquaintances. But I was constantly being asked to do things like, oh, hey, you want to go to brunch? Oh, and after we go to brunch, you want a day drink? And then after we day drink, you want to go to a Cubs game? Oh, and then after we do that, let's go to dinner and then let's bar hop. It was like things like that were happening almost every single weekend where I was doing multiple social activities, eating out multiple times, drinking those $13 cocktails many times and having all the hangovers that I would then grub hub snacks to because I was so uncomfortable. I wasn't going to leave the house and I was not afraid to spend money if it meant feeling slightly better. So 
I had to start learning to say yes to the things I really wanted to do and saying no to pretty much everything else. And that was hard for me. I am a recovering people pleaser. And you guys have heard me talk about that before. And to me, saying no to somebody feels like, are you going to still love me? Is this the last time you're ever going to invite me to something? Am I a bad person for this? And I had to let go of it. And a lot of the times, if I did still want to hang out with the person that I couldn't do the thing with, I would just suggest something else. Like, hey, I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to work on my money goals right now. Would you mind if we just like cooked a meal together? Would you mind just coming over for a tea session? Would you mind coming over to play some games and eating some pizza? Things like that. And most of the time, I will tell you, especially in your 20s, People, and honestly, probably forever, but people are always excited at the opportunity to also save money. I've never had somebody say, nah, I'm not trying to save money right now, so I don't really want to do that. <laughs> I've had people say, like, no, I'm still going to do this thing. I just want to invite you to it. And that's fine. I had to be okay with missing out. And the thing is, sitting here at 31 years old, I don't feel like I missed out. There, I only spent two to three years of really focusing on frugality and really focusing on lowering my cost of living. And that has made a huge amount of difference. You can make so many changes in a short period of time if you're willing to hyper-focus. And now, granted, I'm a single woman. Like, I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have a lot of responsibilities other than, well, now I have a lot more responsibilities, but they're all business-related. So I recognize that privilege. But even taking these steps on a micro scale or on a scale that is catered and scaled to you, it matters. So... That's, I think, the main tips that I have. We've got the budgeting, the tracking your spending. We've got the saying no to things and offering alternative solutions. Oh, and I can't end without saying this. I focused a lot on lowering my cost of living as much as possible. Not to the point where I was miserable, but I really reduced my costs. I looked for cheaper apartments. I had roommates at times. I, or extended the time in which I had roommates. I sold a car so I could go carless. I reduced my spending on groceries. I did so many things, but I only had to do it for a short period of time because at the same time that I was doing that, I was also really focusing on increasing my income. And that's the part that so many of us don't want to talk about because it's like, oh, easy answer, make more money. But here's why it's the last thing I'm telling you on this podcast. Making more money doesn't work if you don't first address your behaviors, if you don't first address where your money's going in the first place, how you're spending it, how mindful you are of it. If you don't do that, if you do not make a plan for your money, if you don't have some kind of strategy or system in place, making more money is not going to be the solution. It's going to be the ability for you to upgrade your lifestyle. But that feeling of never feeling like you can catch up, never feeling like you're on track for retirement, never feeling like you can do it or that you're like not drowning, that's not going to go away because you have to have a system. And if you cannot manage $50,000 a year, you're not going to be able to manage $100,000 a year. So you really have to focus on both ends of the spectrum so that we are lowering our cost of living, increasing our income. And then there's a gap. There's a gap between what we spend and there's a gap between what we make. And that gap is where the magic happens. That's the flexibility, the options, the ability to invest, pay off debt, save, do the things that you want to do. 
but that is the goal. So we've got to do both. We have to increase our income. I did so many things to increase my income. I was constantly working on getting a promotion at work, doing extra work in order to get that promotion at work. I was taking on side hustles. I've done so many side hustles. In fact, one of these episodes, we should just do an episode of all the side hustles that I've done. But that is key. You cannot just focus on making more money. You've got to have a system in place as well. All right. I think I drove that point home. <laughs> I have a step-by-step -step guide for you guys that lists out everything I said and more in depth with lots of resources to then go learn more. And that is available in the show notes, thelazyinvestorscourse.com slash guide. But since we made it to the end of the episode, thank you for being here. I appreciate you guys. Remember that none of this stuff is meant to be financial advice. It's for educational purposes only. And yeah, if you like it, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. I love those. They make me happy. They literally put a smile on my face. So I screenshot every single one of them. So anyway, if you do that, I appreciate you. If you don't do that and you're still listening, I also appreciate you. But anyway, I hope you guys all have a good weekend. I'm going to head up and see my boyfriend who I haven't seen in almost a month now. So all right. Bye-bye.